Welcome to our first episode of Magical Mystical Journeys. I'm Andrea St. Amand. I'm an evidential psychic medium. I'm here with Amy Renee and Katie Valentine. In this podcast, we are going to explore uh, one being every week. So each week, each episode, we will have the special guest, the being of the episode. We will each talk about our experiences with that being, uh, whether we've had experiences with that being before or not. We will discuss scholarly texts that being, so anything in the Bible, but also texts that are outside the Bible. And we will have a guided meditation where we will guide you all, our listeners, through your own journey with the being. And then we'll also uh, have channeled messages sprinkled in. Amy, tell us. Introduce us to you. Tell us what you do. <laughs> I'm Amy Renee, I'm a practitioner of shamanic arts. And I'm Katie Valentine. I'm a Christian minister. I'm a metaphysical intuitive and a New Testament scholar. And Andrea, what do you do? Well, I, I talk to the discarnate. So a lot of people don't know what an evidential psychic medium is. I talk to people's souls. So the discarnate souls, such as what we'll be journeying with here on this uh, podcast, but also the souls of departed loved ones, uh, people and pets. And then I also give psychic readings where I, I'm talking to a, a person, person who's here with us and their soul. So yeah. Amy, do you want to tell us just a little bit more about what a shaman is? Yeah. yeah. So practitioner of shamanic arts. So I'm definitely working with um, some of the indigenous ways, as well as what I call bridging the messages from the unseen world. So I know that some can see these beings, but the majority of us, like for me, myself, I don't necessarily see them with my physical eyes, but more with my inner eye and awareness of, say, for instance, uh, animals that show up or the synchronicities, the deeper messages within that. Yeah. And of course, one, one other piece that wants to come through is really connecting to each of the elements and how they also apply to us. So the earth, like our bones or the earth and the waters, that's our blood. It's our emotional body. So I'm working with the different bodies, our spiritual body, the air, and even the fire. For me, that's that passion and the passion of how this creation has been brought to life through each of our connections. So, Katie. Oh, go yeah, ahead. sorry. Go ahead, Amy. <laughs> I was, was going to ask Katie uh, if she can share a little bit about, about herself and more about the yeah, so, I, so I'm an ordained Christian minister, and uh, I'm not serving a church currently. I have done that in the past, but I love working with energy and with metaphysics, and so many Christians and Jesus followers have been taught that the word chakra is just in them running and scared of demons, and so <laughs> I work to help people come out of that background of fear and shame and into this whole incredible world, and angels are a part of that, these beings that we're going to be talking about in magical, mystical journeys. So I'm super excited. So I'm hoping if you're, if you're Christian and listening to this and you think, oh my gosh, can I be, am I going to hell? Just stick around. We're going to, we're going to be talking about heaven. We're not going to be talking about hell in this, <laughs> in this you know, podcast. One thing I want to clear up is that we're also, we are talking about angels in some of our podcasts, but we're also in some other episodes, we'll be talking about other characters, for lack of a better word, that are yeah. not necessarily been given the title angel, but they are other um, really larger than life 
beings, you know, ascended master, people who did walk this earth and that have, are still playing a ginormous role here on earth with us today. So I, I actually want to just dive in really quickly. We are going to be talking about angel this week. Angel can be a trigger word for some people. Let's just talk about that. You know, some people don't believe in them. Totally fine. Um, some people do, but they don't know. It's like, are we allowed to connect? Are we, you know, so um, with both of you, do you want to share what your feelings are about angels? <laughs> yeah. How long have you been working with them? If you have been. Uh, so for me, the first angel that showed up for me was actually Sandalphon. And I had never, you know, never connected to an angel in that way. And for me, it was about, I didn't know why, like, why is this being here? And I now realize that when these ascended masters, these guides, these angels show up, it's basically to deliver a message to help me with a certain area of life that I'm in. And in that instance, I feel that I was calling in some extra assistance with something. And that's part of the reason why Sandalphon had showed up for me. So and how long ago was that? Uh, so 2018. Okay. Um, so just I've had other, yeah, I've had other beings that showed up for me. So working with this this realm, this unseen realm in a sense, really kicked in in 2015 is when it like that shamanic path showed up for me big time and all kinds of other fun synchronicities too. So. And Katie, I think a lot of people would assume if you're a minister, you've just been hanging out with angels your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> there's a um, there's a Protestant. So obviously, I'm Protestant. I'm not Catholic. Catholics don't ordain women right now. There's a Protestant kind of bias and fear about angels. So I think it's actually very uncommon for most kind of traditional Protestant ministers to have experience in working with these guys and working um, working with angels. But I have been fascinated with them since the time I was really little. So I remember reading stories and I went to Catholic school where angels are kind of everywhere. And so I, I love the stories about angels and, and the, uh, I loved kind of the conceiving of angels, like pictures of them. But I would say I only began to work with them really explicitly, like intentionally, maybe six, six years ago, six or seven years ago, somewhere in there, and kind of made that more part of my path. I see angels and people as co-workers together. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Very nice. Well, our very first being on episode one is Sandalphon because Amy and I, he was the first angel I'd come in contact with as well, thanks to Amy. So Amy reached out at one point, and this was in 2018, and she just said, I have this being around. Can you help me figure out what is going on? And I said, I don't do angels. I totally, totally skeptical. I talked to dead people. I talk to dead pets. I talk to souls. I don't do angels. <laughs> I, talk, I talk to dead people, but not angels. I don't know why that was like, I can't prove I'm talking to a, an angel. So I'm like, a lot of people out there do angels. And Amy said, well, actually, that's why I trust you. <laughs> because you'll shoot me straight on this energy. So I was like, well, okay, why not? Why not just sit down and try to do a reading like any other? And um, I was, I kind of worked, it, I, I scheduled an appointment with the angel for the next morning. But as I was falling asleep that night, I had this really tremendous, powerful experience with Sandalphon. And he, I felt these very strong arms wrap around me and just, whew, I felt like I was going up through dimensions of the quantum, for lack of a better word. And I started getting all these images of this man's life. And so I 
started thinking, actually, I don't think an angel's ever existed on earth. That was what was in my head. Um, that an angel is, oh, I didn't know that they had never been human and been really physically on earth. So I thought, well, gosh, I'm going to have to tell Amy that she doesn't have an angel. Maybe she has an ascended master or a guide or somebody else, but sorry, it's not an angel. So <laughs> the next morning I'm at a point with the angel and I'm getting a channeled message, but that's this point I'm thinking it's not even an angel. At the very end of the message for Amy Sandalfon said, now go look me up. And I Googled him and sure enough, found out that his legend was that he was actually an incarnated being for an entire human lifetime um, and that he ascended and Katie will talk about this a little bit later and that he ascended um, to the realm of the angelic so my mind was quite blown by this experience with him and his message was very poetic Amy do you want to yeah, talk about so your your relationship then with Sandalphon? Okay, so Sandalphon for me showed up during a shamanic experience. And so I was in the middle of this room and it was shaking really bad. And I didn't know why. It didn't make any sense to me. And I'm seeing in my mind's eye like stars. And my shamanic teacher around me doing like this, this clearing process. And at the end of that shamanic experience, he shared with me that the Ashim were like all around me during that. And I didn't know what the Ashim were. And he said that they were like fire fairy like creatures. And that he said, it sounded like I had some work with Sandalfon and the tree of life. And afterwards, one of my other shamanic sisters had shared, she's like, oh, girl, Kabbalah like, chose you. And she, she shared her experience of the Kabbalah surrounding me. Keep in mind, this was like in a completely dark room, so which helps us to see in different ways, I guess. So some people are afraid of the dark and like there's so much beauty that can come within that time, too. And so here she is talking about the tree of life. I have this image of this tree around me and that's not at all what the tree of life ended up being. So Sandalfon connected to that and not knowing exactly who Sandalfon was or anything about Sandalfon, just knowing, okay, here's these, these sheen, these fire fairy things, this name Sandalfon that's come into my life and the tree of life. I don't know what any of this stuff is watching something that Andrea had, you know, shared in a, in a group. She, I knew that she could connect to those who had passed on our loved ones and whatnot. And I was like, maybe she can help me understand what it is that I'm experiencing, who this is, what this is like, help me better understand what this is about. Why? And so, of course, I reached out to you. And one of the things we've learned, which I think is symbolic of that tree of life with Sandalphon, is that he is that connection between earth and heaven. Now, he's known to be this, this messenger of prayers, so to speak, but also just this message. So his connection, because he spent life on earth with his feet on the ground, you know, he is a very grounded but also heavenly being. Katie, what... Have you had an experience specifically with Sandalfon? No, I am a total Sandalfon virgin. So I am <laughs> along for the ride today. <laughs> I have no experience. Like I know the name. 
And that's it. And of course, I did a little, I did a little, a, a tiny bit of research for, for my piece around this, but uh, I'll be just ecstatic to experience this energy like for the very first time. But I love it that both of you had this, the name or the being or the angel or someone kind of guiding you into this energy. And I love that you were both like, yeah, what the hell? I, what's, what's up with this? So, and come about all these years later, here we are. Here we are. So I'm grateful for Sandalfon. Yes. Absolutely. It also feels important to share like some of what's come through since that time is, okay, the first thing is when I was preparing for this episode, there was strong guidance. He reminded me, put on our angel wings. And so it's mm-hmm. like the stretching of our arms and it's like opening our heart at the same time. So that felt really just really powerful, a very just important piece to connect to, as well as I find it very interesting. The color turquoise can also be associated with Sandalfon. So here you are, Andrea, completely wearing like turquoise colors. I too have, you know, that color oh, that right. I, speci- I intended to for this episode. And I also see Katie in the background. You have a picture that has yellow and oh, the yeah. turquoise color. So here you are wearing co- that yellow and then the turquoise is also there. So just, yeah, super cool. And I can't cool. wait to hear all the yumminess that you found, Katie. All right. Should we get into it? Let's go. All right. Sandalfon, uh, the, the, this is all kind of traditional story. So I'm going to start from the very beginning and kind of take you, take you through quickly, the, kind of through the Middle Ages until today. And then we're going to talk a little later about like, does that matter or not? And kind of play around mm-hmm. with that idea. So Sandalfon is traditionally uh, Elijah from the Old Testament. So Elijah was a prophet that lived and worked in the northern part of Israel in the 9th century BC. So a really, really long time ago. If those of you who have Bibles, you might want to read his story. It's really fascinating. I got to do that earlier this week. And you can find his story in 1 Kings chapters 17 through 19, 21, and then 2 Kings chapters 1 and 2. And so if the name Jezebel, that's a name that a lot of you will recognize, kind of this uh, stereotype of of an evil queen and Um, She's a caricature in the story and kind of gets a bad rap. And her husband, King Ahab, they're kind of the arch enemies of Elijah. Elijah keeps on, as prophets do, telling them how they're being unjust. And so he was definitely a prophet who looked out for the poor, for the underprivileged. And you see him in the New Testament get called on a lot. And in early Christianity, early Christians really loved this part of him. And so they, they brought him in to their stories about social justice. So this is a really important connection for Elijah. And so there's a story, a really famous story about Elijah staying with a widow and she was running out. She had a son and her oil and grain was running out. And he, there's a miracle that happens with him where the, um, the grain and the oil continue, even though there's only a little bit left. Kind of again, we have that sense that Elijah is really concerned with people's um, incarnated physical selves, about eating, about drinking, about what it takes to stay alive, and that God works with him to ensure people's safety. And then her son actually dies. And Elijah, I mean, one of the things I really liked about Elijah in this story, he's like, God, come on. Like, yes, sent me to this widow. We've kept the oil and the bread alive. What in the world is up with this? And um, God, through Elijah, resurrects her son. 
So, yeah. And so, it, so this continues. And then the really important part of the story, I think, for Elijah and Sandalphon is that Elijah is the second person and the second and last person in scripture who doesn't die um, a mortal death. He's taken into heaven and his disciple Elisha is witnessing this. And Elisha asks for this blessing before Elijah is taken into heaven. And he witnesses Elijah's um, ascent into heaven through, with these chariots. Oh, wow. And so he departs into heaven, but he never dies a physical death. The other person to do that, which we'll talk about in another episode, is Enoch. <laughs> Enoch, who becomes Metatron. And so in the New Testament, Elijah, along with Moses, appears at the transfiguration of Jesus in three of the Gospels. And he's the champion of the poor and the underprivileged. The name Elijah means Yahweh is my God. So how does Elijah become Sandalphon? Well, let me, let me pause. Questions, comments? I, I'm sh I did not realize he didn't have a physical death, but he was taken up, which is what I experienced with him. You felt like I was being cool. taken. He was ascending me through dimensions to show me that. That's unbelievable. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And yeah, and I didn't remember all those details of the story either. Like I had to really refresh myself. It's just, I've not uh, done work or scholarship in first or second Kings. So I had, to, I had to refresh myself of the story as well. So then Sandalphon becomes one of the key figures in Jewish mysticism. So Amy, uh, earlier we talked about the Kabbalah. So the Kabbalah is, I am not an expert in the Kabbalah, and it's a very interior Jewish world to study the Kabbalah. I, I think within the Jewish community, this, it takes years and years and years. And there's a lot of in intricacies of how all of these traditions come together. So this is way broad overview. Jewish listeners, please uh, call in, uh, add your two cents about what I've gotten wrong about this, because I've not grown up Jewish. But uh, the Sandalphon is an important figure in what we call Merkaba mysticism. Merkaba comes from the word for chariot. So as Elijah was taken up in the chariot, and we're, there's also an important chariot in the prophet Ezekiel, like Ezekiel and God are riding on all these chariots. And so that name comes from the word for chariot, and we see that in the, in the story. So because Elijah doesn't die a physical death, the early Jewish mystics believed that he was transformed into this archangel Sandalphon. And that happens through this chariot. I'm not sure that it's ever described. But there's not just one story that talks about this. It's like it's presumed and told and retold and alluded to throughout all of these Jewish texts. So we don't have, you can't just go to the Barnes and Noble or Amazon.com or whatever and pick up the Merkava stories. They're mm. sprinkled throughout Jewish writings starting in the year 200 AD or CE through 700. So there's about a five, 600 year period where all these stories appear that are Jewish mystic in nature that eventually emerge into the Kabbalah, what we call the Kabbalah today. And there you see Sandalphon threaded throughout those. Right. So that's kind of the um, initiation from Elijah to Sandalphon. That is fascinating. And Amy, did you had no connect, you had no idea that there was a sandal fun connection to the Kabbalah? Did you? That's fascinating. Um, yeah, no, I had no clue. Like, I didn't know who Sandalphon was. I had never heard of the Tree of Life. Had never heard of the Kabbalah. 
Um, you know what, Katie, you've spoken to the Merkaba. That has also recently come into my life in an interesting way, which is also connected to Metatron. So when we um, have Metatron as our guide of the episode, um, I'll share a little bit more about what has come in with that. So yeah, I had no idea. So I'm, I love this information that you're sharing. And it's almost like there's confirmations that are taking place, not only for myself, but Andrea, you just spoke into like your experience of like being pulled up, you know, was that, you know, Santa, that was Santa Fon's experience, you know, perhaps. Right. And he was impressing that upon me. Unbelievable. Amy, do you remember the message that I gave you from him? Because I don't. And that's typical with me when I'm doing a reading. It's not my information. It's the clients or somebody. So it just comes through me and then it's gone. So do you remember what his message or do you have it? Yeah, I do. I have the the reading in front of me. So it's from November of 2018. What is written down here is, I am curious about an archangel that has entered my life along with the Ashim. Sandalphon. I try tapping in myself, but still I'm unclear to what and why they have been sent to me. And then you put validation. Ascended being, melt energy, I felt pulled up by the top back of my head through dimensions. Amy, worried, wrinkled brow, getting smaller. Don't worry, child. But the being felt as if he had incarnated. I was always told the realm of angels had never incarnated into beings. Hiding behind protective cape, removed it and replaced with rings of light to amplify your heart. Sandalphon, secure link between heaven and earth. Trust Sandalphon, use him. Don't worry about your purpose. Your purpose is to be. Idea of purpose is ego. Be human, be desirous. Be driven by your deepest heart-driven desire. Serve you, Sandalphon, lessons through music. Keep researching him. The message is in what he represents, why he does. One of only two angels incarnated as a human. Then ascend. And then you sent like a, a little link of something else that had come into your life, like just right afterwards, basically. So, um, which I feel, I want to share this piece. I feel that Sandal Fawn is very much uh, connected to the earth, like his feet are in the earth. And then the upper body is in the, the divine realm, so to speak. So mm. it's almost like he, he's this tall being that is very much connected to both, both worlds. I love those words, a secure link between heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. And you can trust that, you can trust that strength. That I mean, is a tremendous strength. Yeah, and we're all about how the, um, you know, we live messy lives here incarnated on earth. The world is messy, uh, you know, and it's, I won't speak for you two, but you know, my belief that connecting with the angelic realms can be helpful to sort out the mess. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And we've talked about that before to like really use their, their energy and their help while we're down here, while our feet are on the ground. Well, Amy, do you, um, have, have you continued to 
develop or have any other relationship with him after that? Like what, and what does his presence feel like to you? Like if he just walks in the room, how do you know it's him? (laughs) Yeah. So, so for me, when my guides show up, it's like synchronistic forms. Okay. Mm -hmm. It might be as far as I have a Santa font comes into my thought process, you know, just like the other day, I was connecting to, okay, what do you want us to share? What wants to be shared when we come together? And that's when I received the guidance of, you know, my arms and reminding me to put my angel wings on, so to speak, because we are earth angels. It comes up in just different ways, like the name will appear or a picture will come into my life, you know, and each time has its own message. Like even today with Katie sharing, you know, you spoke about his role in this lady's life. And, you know, so the, the worry was about the oil and I believe uh, the, the food part, you know, the grain part and uh, what came up for me within that. So this is almost like a message from Santa Fon right now is, you know, sometimes we can get so caught up and worried, like, how is the money going to come or how's the food? What's going to happen if I don't have a job? Like we can get so freaking caught up and worried in that, but somehow we're always provided for whatever we need. And it may not always look pretty. Like when the lady's child was, you know, taken from her, like, man, that's not easy. You know, when we have the death of a loved one, but, I have a belief that whatever happens is for the highest and greatest good of all life in some way, shape, or form. So, Katie, Santa Vaughn, thank you for that piece. Thank you for that. Well, yeah, and I I can even speak a little more about one of the stories of Elijah because I'm, I'm finding myself, like, in agreement. Like, I'm finding myself at odds because I'm, like, 100% in agreement with Amy. And then I'm like, but people do die of hunger. We do have disease. You know, we do have all this incarnated stuff that happens. But I think that Elijah and Sandalfine can speak to that. There's a story in Second Kings, First uh, Kings as well, where there's a man named Naboth who had a family vineyard. And King Ahab and Jezebel, who are kind of these caricatured uh, evil king and queen, um, basically arranged to have, they ask if they can have his vineyard. And he says, no, uh, but because they're king and queen and have a lot of power, they basically arranged to have him killed and then take it. Mm. And Elijah comes in and he thunders at them. I mean, he comes mm. in as the voice of justice. He's, and he, 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 na- I mean, he names that they're, this is a really evil thing. How could they do this? This is an abuse of power. And so there's also like those voices of justice that, uh, you know, I think connecting with the divine angelic realm can help us be when we see injustices and people who have suffered. And Elijah, you know, the prophets are great at that. They're like, how dare you do this? (laughs) You know, you've Mm -hmm. been entrusted with power and you are abusing it. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if this Mm -hmm. might also be an angel that would help us with that. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you. I think it's like it just because in our heads, we might we really might really believe that everything is going to work out and everything is for the highest and best good. I think we and all three of us do acknowledge that there's pain that goes along with that, you know, pain and grief and loss and it sucks, you know, but, um, and there it's, it's hard. Cause I talk to people, a lot of my clients are in a profound state of grief um, because they've lost a loved one. Right. And the last thing they need to hear is like, well, this is in your highest and best good. You know, it's not, right. it's not, you need to wallow in that grief. And I feel like that's a little bit of 
the message here too, like all of it is human. All of it is something that you can, you can get through. You will get through it. And it's just a matter of going through it. And that I think too is a way that angel energy and what we're discussing can can provide for you can be which is what amy said you are provided for so even in your worst most horrible moments of pain and grief and suffering you can be emotionally provided for you know even if it's horrible yeah and we're not uh, i love this uh, angels are not easy outs they're there to help the rest yes right? they're not correct. shortcuts they're not shortcuts no. they're uh, in my in my experience they're um companions along the way Amy, can I ask you something? Because, you know, when I think about angels, and maybe a lot of people do too, we think about angels as existing only from the Christian perspective, or I guess the Jew, do Jewish, is, are there angels? Jewish? Yeah, okay. yeah, the whole Merkava tradition is Jewish. Is, so. is, okay. Yeah. Amy, how does that fit into concepts of shamanism? So for me, the, the shamanic path has basically helped me to develop a relationship with more than just the physical life itself. So first it was developing a relationship with the elements and the directions and all that's represented in that, you know, our bodies, the air we breathe, our bones being the representation of earth, our blood, our emotional body, like it's all connected. And right now, as I'm looking at the clock, it's two, two, two. So that those confirmations that we receive from you know, life itself. Um, the shamanic aspect is working with, you know, the magic, the all the, what more is out there. So whether it shows up as an angel or whether it shows up as a pain in the body, you know, by mm. connecting to that pain in the body, then I can explore and ask it, is there something that you need from me? Or is there a message that you have for me? So whether it be again, like an angel or something else, it can be a flower, a tree of food. There's so many ways that spirit brings these messages into our lives. And so for me, it's just as a shamanic practitioner, it's, just an awareness, being aware and looking for the messages or allowing for the messages to come through. That's beautiful. Cool. Really cool. For me, after my first meeting with him, introduced by Amy, he has come into readings. This being has come into people's individual readings and it'll feel to me the way that presence feels is the room gets clear. It's like big daddy's in the house, everyone else out. <laughs> I can feel, I almost see like a door opening, this big creature coming in and it's, he's huge. It's not like this little cherubic, you know, kind of energy. It's, it's, it's tremendous. It was a lot like your vision, Amy, as well, like the feet on the ground and the head up in the, in, in the heavens. And he's always given me evidence about what's going on in that person's life. So I will say to my client, there's an angel I work with and here's how he's showing himself. And I'm just going to, you don't have to believe me or not, but here's coming this message. And the, the evidence is always so meaningful that it 
to that person um, that it came through an angel, but also he speaks, I think he, spe he speaks a lot to me in music and he is known as a very mm. musical, he's very poetic to me. You know, he the words that come through uh, him are more poetic than I am. Um, but I think um, I always get messages in music um, for clients. And so I feel like he's might be the one sending me that or it's, it's very musical. Now I do want to note that other people might have an experience with angels that are so different than what the three of us might be describing or how it comes to you. And that I want to say there's no good, no bad, no right, no wrong. And other people might not have uh, an experience at all. Um, and there's no, no real wrong um, with that either, but he's continued to, to show himself, which is quite amazing. And then, so Katie, putting you on the hot seat now, I'm you've ready. Not really, you've not really had like a personal mystical encounter with this being. Maybe you will after today. After yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be the guinea pig for the. So did you sometimes, I also want to note that sometimes we really resonate with characters in a story, whether they're fictional, whether they're historical, you know, whatever. And so I was curious, like when you went back and read Elijah, was that a personality that resonated with you or was this a story connect with you in any way? It definitely the, the social justice part connects with me. So, you know, as a Christian minister, we tend to, and people in my kind of theological camp tend to really like to talk about social justice and <laughs> ju justice for the underprivileged and for the poor. And so like, I knew that story of Naboth's vineyard. I knew the story of the widow, but I hadn't sat down and just read them in their entirety before. So that was really fun, actually. And part of the danger of, of biblical interpretation is that we tend to isolate stories rather than see them in their, entire, in their entirety, in their whole breath. And then I struggled with the story a little because I think Jezebel is, I don't even like to say it because like we women get called like you Jezebel and it's just such right. an ugly, ugly way to um, mm. stereotype, right? And so I feel like Jezebel herself is stereotyped. She does really horrific things in the story, but so does Ahab, but only Jezebel gets blamed. So I feel mm. like she's also a caricature, you know? And so I, I dislike the struggle between Elijah the man and Jezebel the woman. And like, she gets eaten by dogs in the oh end. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, oh. I mean, it's like, it, it, gets, it gets nasty. It gets nasty. They're incarnated beings. So, you know, like <laughs> messy things are happening in the ancient world. But I love the connection with social justice. But, I, you know, Elijah was, is not, like, it's not one of those prophets that enters into my, um, devotional life mm -hmm. really ever until now. So I feel mm. like I'm a little bit of a clean slate. Can I ask you a, a, a prickly question and then Amy yeah. coming at you next? What? <laughs> All right. mm. So uh, biblically or just as Katie, yeah. what are your thoughts on the truth of Elijah actually becoming Sandalphon? So I'm in process. I'm, I'm definitely in process with this. So for me personally, it's not important at all. Like if nice. Sandalphon, I mean, I believe like there's an energy we can name Sandalphon and we connect that with the prophet Elijah. Cool. Was Sandalphon really Elijah? And we know that the biblical story, um, I do not read the biblical story as being literal, although I do believe that there probably was a historical person named Elijah that gets captured in these later forms. Um, so that all being said, it's pretty cool that you have this experience with this kind of chariot feeling, and, you know, like we're getting some right. confirmation here. To me, it's the energy of the story. It's the mm. energy of mm. the stories and the connection with the uh, Sandalphon, as we know Sandalphon today's connection with the energy of the story of Elijah. 
um, especially for me, this connection to justice, this connection to care, this connection to things that we eat and drink are, are important. The, the sick, sick ones in our lives are important. The humanity. The humanity of it, yeah, and the personal right. connection is really important. So was, was Elijah, did Elijah's story happen exactly the way it says in the Bible? And did that person really ascend in the chariot, really become Sandalphon? Who knows? Um, <laughs> the literalness of it is not important to me. I think it will be to some people, um, but I'm not discounting it. Amy, what are your thoughts? Ask the question again, please. Okay. <laughs> Katie went on a tangent. Sorry, Amy. <laughs> no. uh, what are your thoughts on the truth of this human being be actually becoming a archangel? And or do you, does it even matter? Do you, do you even care? You know, it's hard to say because I wasn't there. I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> based on what I've experienced in my life, anything's possible. So yes and no, there's aspects that feel true, but it'd be cool to experience, you know, what, what, it, what actually happened in the truth of, of all of that. Um, to me, there's an aspect that also feels um, that, so as a human, we have uh, free will, so to speak, or free choice. And for me, the archangels are like the will of the divine, that divine choice. And I feel that Sandalphon may have said yes to that aspect and giving up his free will. And then that may have influenced the, the happening of that. Hmm. Yeah, but I like, I love what, so, um, so if we have free will and I feel that Santa Fawn may have come to a point in, in his life of kind of giving up that free will and saying yes to the divine will. Like for me, I'm like, yes, divine, please let me be that conduit. Let me be that channel for the divine work to take place. And I feel that Sandalphon may have done something like that. So whether he turned from the human to the angel like that, I don't know. But I love what you shared, Katie, about it's the stories, the experience of what comes with all of that the messages that's um that's really really fantastic you know really well st stated i love that idea because a lot of us say that like as humans we do have free will but a lot of us who are on a pretty intense spiritual journey and we're that's what we're doing for our our it's not just our job it's our life's work it's our lifestyle you know we do keep trying to get out of our own way and give up what's what the divine give up what the divine is wanting us to do not what maybe andrea feels like doing this morning but what does the divine want me to and that's a really interesting uh way that you just articulated that elijah might have made that decision maybe that's what the story is about that decision of going mm -hmm. from human to I'm not going to work for my ego. I'm going to work for the divine. Yeah, and, uh, I was just, I was just uh, in another, in another kind of context yesterday saying, um, just telling people too, if we let our, our egos and our fears and our, all of that, those are really important. We have to process those, but if we let those get in our way, we're disrupting the message. 
Mm. disrupting the message. And I know every time I preach, I'll be like, I really don't want to say that people are going to get mad. And the Holy Spirit will be like, yeah, that's really irrelevant. <laughs> I'll give you a nice way to say it. I'll yeah. give you a way to say it, which people can hear it. Uh, you know, and so we just, yeah, you've got to get out of our own way. Uh, and it's always, it's our choice yeah. to do that. It is. Right. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes oh. I'm like, I am firmly planted in my own way and I'm going to stay here. Thanks. <laughs> and I am not going to say that. I'm not moving. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wow. That was really profound. Would you guys like, or do you think it's time to do a very short guided meditation? I would love it. All right, Amy. I would love that too. I definitely want that um, for those listening. And I, I also would like to receive that. And I feel like you had messages too that came through. Before we go into that part, I do have one piece that was like, <laughs> wants to be shared. Katie, you spoke about Jezebel. Am I saying that name correctly? You are. Okay. So what's coming through is that sometimes we may pick a role of being that evil person, so to speak. And that, um, and so we don't want to be called that name because it's like, oh, I don't want to be that. But to, to have forgiveness for all those pieces, all that took place for that, her as a being. And it just feels important to acknowledge that, that the good and the bad or the evil, you know, that it's the yin and yang of life to like embrace that she may have been that in that form, but maybe in another form, she's the complete opposite of that. So I just, yeah, yeah that's huge. Um, embracing the aspect of ourselves who might have been accused of, who might have done horrible things or caused harm to people or not been, uh, yeah, embracing those aspects of our own souls and our own beings. Yeah, and the, the archetype that we all have the power of really of evil within us. We all have the capacity yes. to do really horrific things. And um, uh, that's within every human being. And it's this constant uh, free choice and working right. through working through all of our shit. Yeah, so that we don't do yeah. those things. Um, and so just for listeners, if you've ever been called a Jezebel, let's let that energy go. You are not. <laughs> you are not. This is a really uh, uh, ugly thing, uh, ugly way that people try to stereotype women, mm. right? So, uh, and if you, a listener, if you've ever called anyone a Jezebel, it's time to call and apologize to them mm. for doing that. Mm. And don't do that in the future. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> but our listeners aren't the type who are going to call people Jezebels. So. No, no. <laughs> so I, when I was actually given this meditation by Sandalfun. So <laughs> and, uh, if people are driving, don't do this meditation while they driving. They don't do it. You can just listen to it. Heavy yeah, machinery. Just, yes. <laughs> this also can, is going to be shorter than how you may want to do it offline. I recommend uh, generally when you're going to do a meditation uh, that you set your intent, you know, whatever your intention is. So the intention for this one, uh, it'll be guided. I'll be talking you through it, but it's also just to be open to this energy of this being that we've been talking about today, Sandalfun. And don't judge how whatever comes to you. Um, if you're not driving, <laughs> if you want to do this later, set your timer for like five to seven minutes, seven to 13 minutes. It can be really short. And I always recommend that people have a journal next to them so they can journal what happens afterwards. But today we're not going to take that long of a time because uh, we don't need that. Um, but yeah, let's uh, just take a few really deep breaths. You can close your eyes if you want. Just a deep breath in and deep breath out. 
and just kind of shake off all the thoughts that might be going around in your head. Shake your wings out, shake your arms out as Amy was telling us earlier. And just let everything sort of drip out of you right into the ground. And I'm gonna switch now to give you the words that were given to me by Sandalphon. Meditation is not about the mind. It is not about quieting the mind. Meditation is about developing a relationship with your soul. So as you breathe and settle into your body, feel your body, feel your heart, your stomach, your lungs rising and falling with each breath. Start to feel your spirit moving inside of you. It might feel like a candle flame flickering. It might feel like a breeze moving in through you. You may actually first feel simply your breath. You may start to feel your emotions rising. Allow whatever comes, allow it to rise and move. And your thoughts, your emotions, your physical body is all riding through and on the wave of your soul. And for just a few breaths, feel the ecstasy of your soul being in a body. And from this space of ecstasy, what is your music for your soul? What is your champagne for your soul? And don't take this lightly. Your soul has a deep river of longing for expression. And sometimes that longing for something hurts. So humans tend to avoid it. But instead for right now, sink into that space where your soul is longing. And what is the music your soul is yearning to hear? What is your message that your soul is longing to express? Let your music rise within you. Maybe it's a mere sensation. Maybe it's a mere breath. Let it rise without judgment. And though this expression is uniquely yours to your soul, you're not alone. There's help all around you. There's food for your soul, nourishing you, your soul. 
There's music all around for your soul. Take a few more deep breaths. Before you open your eyes, thank this beautiful being that we've been discussing, this magnificent energy that we're calling Sandal Fun. And I encourage you to invite him back into your life. Anytime you feel so called, he's, will, he's there. feel the ecstasy of your soul. And when you're ready, either Katie or Amy, if you want to share any of your experiences, maybe you just took a few moments of relaxation. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I want to share that what you said at the end of we can call upon Sinopan anytime. The music, what really spoke to me in that meditation is music is all around us. Music for our soul. So whether it be an actual song or something different, you know, that which lights us up, that which sparks us, that champagne for our soul, like mm-hmm. connecting to that. The creation, Sandal Fawn is all about artistic, that creative energy, the music, the poetry. And by asking hey, I need help with this or come be with me for this. Help guide me. Like, that's all it takes. And they're here to help us. They want to help us. Oh, what blessing that is to be in right relationship with earth, our guides, and life itself. Beautiful. Katie, anything you want to share? Yeah, I was, um, so a few things. One, I've been horribly incarnated uh, with sinus issues all morning. (laughs) Doing right rinses and sprays and like trying to get ready for being on camera and and I like completely cleared right now. I was like sitting there, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm breathing clearly. And like, I did all that stuff to help, but like, I didn't even have to ask and it's all cleared up. And the the music stuff was just like coming to me. I'm I'm not sure that I felt like a distinct personality like I have with other archangels, but like, that's okay. Because I don't think Mm -hmm. angels have egos. They're they're fine with that. But the, um, so I I feel like I should just tell the story of right before we began the recording. So we we all gathered and we just have some silence together and and center ourselves. And I happen to have my harp uh, in the room today because I play the harp. And I was doing a Facebook Live for children right before this call. Uh, So my harp happens to be in my office. And I just said to Andrea and Amy, would you guys like a little harp music? It helps center me when I play it. And um, I just kind of improv 
a little a little piece that was coming to me. And so then when I got back to my computer, they said, did you know San Alphonse, the Archangel of Music? I said, no, I did not know that. <laughs> and so what was, I think what was coming to me was just the, the ecstasy of the soul, like really reveling in that. Like if every person could really revel in that, what a changed planet we would have if we could all feel oh. the delight that archangels and, and God and source, whatever we call that, have in us, how beautiful that is. And then I felt mm -hmm. this real connection with, um, with, the, with music, just with the heart, but also as connected to justice. Mm. We know that music is such a powerful way to communicate ideas. Yes. And there's a lot of music that communicates justice and, and social justice and um, brings out inequities or inequalities and helps people become aware of those like through music. But access to music that feeds us is a justice issue. Mm. Like that's a justice issue. So I felt like Sandalphon was like, clearly, like all of these things come together. Like <laughs> call on me anytime. You need a little yeah. with this. Like, <laughs> heavy love for you, which is... I'm happy about. So. I love that. I love that. Well, I think that's it for us today. I do want to wrap up something that might just because um, our listeners might be feeling this way as well, that if any note that all of us, um, particularly Amy and um, I like just doubted, we were like, we were, there was doubt there. It was like, why me? Why is an angel trying to talk to me? Can I talk? Can I even do this? Can I even talk to an angel? Um, and Katie, I don't know if you want to talk about that real quick yeah, or not, sure. but, um, but I want to say you can, I mean, I go around talking to myself all the time. <laughs> um, you can talk to anybody ever. Um, it's just a matter of learning to listen when they talk back. Cool. Yeah, and I'll and we can we can, I think we should probably have a whole like a whole chunk of a of an episode dedicated to this in the future because a lot of Christians get really wigged out with talking to angels. Um, so those of you who come from a really evangelical or fundamentalist background, um, you've probably been told that if you talk, if you try to communicate with angels, that a it's delusional or b it means that you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping angels. So as Christians, of course, we don't worship angels. We're all singing to the same God. There's, there's no reason to worship angels. So the danger for those who are scared to talk about, uh, scared to talk to their angels, if you find yourself becoming obsessed, then yeah, back off. They're, they don't care. They don't care. They're here to help, right? Like, I don't, I don't, their ego is not hurt. Their feelings are not hurt if you don't talk to them. However, we're all on the same team. And I was, I was just telling some people yesterday, you know, if I lose my keys in my house, I don't just ask one person to help me. I help every person around. I'm like, you all help me find my keys. You go in that room, you go in that room, you go in that room. Like angels are happy to help. Like, why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we call on their assistance as created beings of God when we can, but you don't have to. So we can, we can talk about those fears and what inhibits people. Yeah. Later on, but absolutely everyone has the ability. I love that. I love that. All right. Well, Thank you. Thank you, ladies. We'll have a different MC and a different topic next episode. So yeah. beautiful. Thank you, I everybody. Love it. I also want to thank, uh, yes, exactly. Thank you. I just want to really acknowledge, thank you, Santa Fon, for all the messages, all the wisdom that has come to us, to our listeners and viewers, just the music, the meditation, like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Bless you all. Bless you. Thank you, ladies.